Hello and welcome to the Strange Tales podcast presented by me your host Winston R. Douglas. We are a podcast that looks at weird and wonderful tales from history, true crime, conspiracies and much more. I will try to cover various topics from different eras hopefully we can take a journey through history together. If you are a first time listener please look back on our previous episodes, if you are a returning listener thank you for your continual support. If you enjoy the podcast please smash that gorgeous like button, and subscribe so that you will be notified to future shows. Also if you could write a 5 star review that would really help us get the word out, so other people can enjoy the podcast as well. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Strange Tales Pod. Or you can message me at strangetalespod at gmail.com, with feedback or ideas on future shows. If you would like to support the podcast you can do so through Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash strangetalespod. Where we have plans from as little as 3 US dollars a month and you can opt out any time. Any help is much appreciated. This week we look into the North Hollywood shootout that was a confrontation between two heavily armed and armored bank robbers, Larry Phillips Jr. and Emil Matasarianu, and members of the LAPD in the North Hollywood District of Los Angeles, California, United States on February 28, 1997. Twelve police officers and eight other civilians were injured, and numerous vehicles and other property were damaged or destroyed by the nearly 2,000 rounds of ammunition fired by the robbers and police. Phillips and Matasarianu entered and robbed Bank of America's North Hollywood branch. The two robbers were confronted by LAPD officers when they exited the bank and a shootout between the officers and robbers ensued. The robbers attempted to flee the scene, Phillips on foot and Matasarianu in their getaway vehicle, while continuing to exchange fire with the officers. Larry Eugene Phillips Jr. born September 20, 1970 and the Romanian disabled Stefan Emilian Emil Matasarianu born July 19, 1966 first met at a Gold's Gym in Venice, Los Angeles, California, in 1989. Larry Eugene Phillips had a mutual interest in weightlifting, bodybuilding, and firearms. Before meeting, Phillips was a habitual offender, responsible for multiple real estate scams and counts of shoplifting. Matasarianu was a qualified electrical engineer and ran a relatively unsuccessful computer repair business. On July 20, 1993, Phillips and Matasarianu robbed an armored car outside a branch of First Bank in Littleton, Colorado. On October 29, they were arrested in Glendale, northeast of Los Angeles, for speeding. A subsequent search of their vehicle, after Phillips surrendered with a concealed weapon, found two semi-automatic rifles, two handguns, more than 1,600 rounds of 7.62x39mm rifle ammunition, 1,200 rounds of 9x19mm parabellum and .45 ACP handgun ammunition, radio scanners, smoke bombs, improvised explosive devices, body armor vests, and three different California license plates. Initially charged with conspiracy to commit robbery, both served 100 days in jail and were placed on three years of probation. 
After their release, most of their seized property was returned to them, except for the confiscated firearms and explosives. On June 14, 1995, Phillips and Matasarianu ambushed a Brinks armored car in Winnetka, killing one guard, Herman Cook, and seriously wounding another. In May 1996, they robbed two branches of Bank of America in the San Fernando Valley area of Los Angeles, stealing approximately 1.5 million US dollars. The pair were dubbed the High Incident Bandits by investigators due to the weaponry they had used in three robberies prior to their attempt in North Hollywood. On the morning of February 28, 1997, after months of preparation, including extensive reconnoitering of their intended target, the Bank of America branch located at 6600 Laurel Canyon Boulevard, Phillips and Matasarianu armed themselves with a semi-automatic HK-91 and several illegally converted weapons, two Noinko Type 56S rifles, a fully automatic Noinko Type 56S1, and a fully automatic Bushmaster XM-15 dissipator. The robbers filled a jam jar with gasoline and placed it in the back seat with the intention of setting the car and weapons on fire to destroy evidence after the robbery. Phillips wore roughly 18 kilograms of equipment, including a type ear bulletproof vest and groin guard, a load-bearing vest with multiple military canteen pouches for ammunition storage, and several pieces of homemade body armor created from spare vests, covering his shins, thighs, and forearms. Matasarianu wore only a type ear bulletproof vest, but included a metal trauma plate to protect vital organs. Additionally, each man had a watch sewn onto the back of one glove, in order to monitor their timing. Before entering, they took the barbiturate phenobarbital, prescribed to Matasarianu as a sedative, to calm their nerves. The Forensic Toxicology Laboratory of the Coroner's Office later also found ephedrine and phenylpropanolamine in Philip's blood, and dilantin in Matasarianu. Phillips and Matasarianu, driving a white 1987 Chevrolet Celebrity, arrived at the Bank of America branch at the intersection of Laurel Canyon Boulevard and Archwood Street in North Hollywood around 9.17 am, and set their watch alarms for 8 minutes, the police response time they had estimated. To come up with this time frame, Phillips had used a radio scanner to monitor police transmissions prior to the robbery. As the two were walking in, they were spotted by two LAPD officers, Loren Farrell and Martin Perello, who were driving down Laurel Canyon in a patrol car. Officer Perello issued a call on the radio, 15A43, requesting assistance, we have a possible 211 in progress at the Bank of America. 211 is the code for robbery. As they entered the bank, each armed with a Noinko Type 56S1 rifle, Phillips and Matasarianu forced a customer leaving the ATM lobby near the entrance into the bank and onto the floor. A security guard inside saw the scuffle and the heavily armed robbers and radioed his partner in the parking lot to call the police, the call was not received. Phillips shouted, this is a fucking hold up. Before he and Matasarianu opened fire into the ceiling in an attempt to scare the approximately 30 bank staff and customers and to discourage resistance. Phillips shot open the bulletproof door, 
which was designed to resist only low-velocity rounds, and gained access to the tellers and vault. The robbers forced assistant manager John Villagrana to open the vault. Villagrana obliged and began to fill the robber's money bag. However, due to a change in the bank's delivery schedule, the vault contained significantly less than the $750,000 the gunman had expected. Phillips, enraged at this development, argued with Villagrana and demanded more. In an apparent show of frustration, Phillips then fired a full drum magazine of 75 rounds into the bank's safe, destroying much of the remaining money. Phillips then attempted to open the bank's ATM, but due to a change in policies, the branch manager no longer had access to the money inside. Before leaving, the robbers locked the hostages in the bank vault. In the end, the two left with $303,305 and three die packs which later exploded, ruining the money they stole. Outside, the first responding officers heard gunfire from the bank and made another radio call for additional units before taking cover behind their patrol car, weapons trained on the bank doors. While the robbers were still inside, more patrol and detective units arrived and took strategic positions at all four corners of the bank, effectively surrounding it. At approximately 9.24 am, Phillips exited through the north doorway and after spotting a police cruiser 60 meters away, opened fire for several minutes, wounding seven officers and three other civilians. He also fired at an LAPD helicopter flown by Charles D. Perigi Jr. which was surveying above, forcing it to withdraw to a safer distance. He briefly retreated inside, then re-emerged through the north doorway, while Matasarianu exited through the south exit. Phillips and Matasarianu began to engage the officers, firing sporadic bursts into the patrol cars that had been positioned on Laurel Canyon in front of the bank. Officers, armed with standard Beretta 92F, Beretta 92F's 9mm pistols, Smith & Wesson Model 15.38 caliber revolvers, and a 12-gauge Ithaca Model 37 pump-action shotgun, immediately returned fire. The officers' weaponry could not penetrate the body armor worn by Phillips and Matasarianu, and most of the LAPD officers' service pistols had insufficient range and poor accuracy at long distances. An officer was heard on the LAPD police frequency approximately 10 to 15 minutes into the shootout, warning other officers that they should not stop, a getaway vehicle, they've got automatic weapons, there's nothing we have that can stop them. Additionally, the officers were pinned down by the heavy spray of gunfire coming from the robbers, making it difficult to attempt a headshot. Several officers acquired five AR-15-style rifles from a nearby gun store to combat the robbers. Two locations adjacent to the north parking lot provided good cover for officers and detectives. Police likely shot Phillips and his rifle with their handguns while Phillips was still firing and taking cover near the four vehicles adjacent to the north wall of the bank, grey Honda Civic, Ford Explorer, white Acura Legend, and Chevrolet Celebrity. One location that Officer Zelensky of Valley Traffic Division used for cover was the Del Taco restaurant West Wall 107 meters from Phillips. Officer Zelensky fired 86 9mm rounds at Phillips and may have hit Phillips at least once. The other location that proved advantageous for the LAPD 
was the backyard of 6641 Agnes Avenue. A cinder block wall provided cover for detectives who shot at and may have struck Phillips with 9mm rounds from their pistols. Detective Bancroft fired 17 rounds and Detective Harley fired between 15 and 24 rounds at Phillips from a distance of approximately 17 meter. After Matasarianu backed the Chevrolet celebrity out of the handicapped space in the north parking lot, Phillips received a gunshot wound to his left wrist, based upon helicopter news footage that showed him react to pain. At the same approximate time, LAPD gunfire struck the heckler and Koch rifle that Phillips was firing, rendering it inoperable with a penetration to the receiver. Phillips discarded it and rearmed himself with another assault rifle from the trunk of the sedan. After LAPD radio operators received the second officer down call from police at the shootout, a tactical alert was issued. The SWAT team Donnie Anderson, Steve Gomez, Peter Wirater and Richard Massa arrived 18 minutes after the shooting had begun. They were armed with R-15s, and wore running shoes and shorts under their body armor, as they had been on an exercise run when they received the call. Upon arrival, they commandeered a nearby armored truck, which was used to extract wounded civilians and officers from the scene. Deaths of the gunman While still in the parking lot, Matasari Anu was shot three times in the right buttock, the right leg, and the left forearm, forcing him to abandon his duffel bag of money, enter the getaway vehicle, and start the engine. Phillips retrieved the HK-91 from the open trunk and continued firing upon officers while walking alongside the sedan, using it for cover. As Phillips approached the passenger's side of the getaway vehicle, he was hit in the shoulder and his rifle was struck in the receiver and magazine by bullets fired by police. After firing a few more shots with one arm, Phillips discarded the HK-91 and retrieved the Noinko Type 56 before exiting the parking lot and retreating onto the street while Matasari Anu drove down the road. 9.52 a.m., Phillips turned east on Archwood Street and took cover behind a parked semi-truck where he continued to fire at the police Lieutenant Michael Ranshaw, officers Conrado Torres, John Caparelli, and Ed Brentelinger until his rifle jammed. Unable to clear the jam, he dropped the rifle and drew a Beretta 92F's pistol, which he began firing. He was then shot in the right hand by officer Conrado Torres, causing him to drop the pistol. After retrieving it, he placed the muzzle under his chin and fired. As he fell, an unknown patrol officer shot him in the upper torso, severing his spine. Either bullet may have been fatal. Officers across the street continued to shoot Philip's body several times while he was on the ground. After the firing had stopped, officers in the area surrounded Philip's, handcuffed him, and removed his ski mask. Matasari Anu's vehicle was rendered inoperable after two of its tires were shot out and the windshield covered in bullet holes. At 9.56 am, he attempted to carjack a yellow 1963 Jeep Gladiator on Archwood by shooting at the driver, who fled on foot, three blocks east of where Phillips died. He quickly transferred all of his weapons and ammunition from the getaway car, 
but was unable to operate the jeep due to the driver engaging the electrical kill switch before fleeing. As KCBS and KCAL helicopters hovered overhead, a patrol car driven by SWAT officers Donnie Anderson, Steve Gomez, and Richard Massa quickly arrived and stopped on the opposite side of the truck to where the Chevrolet was stopped. Matasarianu left the truck, took cover behind the original getaway car, and engaged them in two and a half minutes of almost uninterrupted gunfire. Matasarianu's chest armor deflected a double tap from SWAT officer Anderson, which briefly winded him before he continued firing. Anderson fired his AR-15 below the cars and wounded Matasarianu in his unprotected lower legs, he was soon unable to continue and put his hands up to show surrender. Seconds after Matasarianu's capitulation, officers rushed him to pin him down. As he was being cuffed, SWAT officers asked for his name, to which he replied Pete. When asked if there were any more suspects, he reportedly said, fuck you. Shoot me in the head. Ambulance personnel were following standard procedure in hostile situations by refusing to enter the hot zone, as Matasarianu was still considered to be dangerous, because there were still reports or the belief that there was a third gunman still loose. Some reports indicate, that he was lying on the ground with no weapons for approximately an hour before ambulances arrived, and was groaning in pain and pleading for help. The police radioed for an ambulance, but Matasarianu, loudly swearing profusely and still goading the police to shoot him, died before the ambulance and EMTs were allowed to reach the scene almost 70 minutes later. Later reports, showed that Matasarianu was shot 29 times in the legs and died from trauma due to excessive blood loss coming from two gunshot wounds in his left thigh. Most of the incident, including the death of Phillips and surrender of Matasarianu, was broadcast live by news helicopters, which hovered over the scene and televised the action as events unfolded. Over 300 law enforcement officers from various forces had responded to the citywide TAC alert. By the time the shooting had stopped, Phillips and Matasarianu had fired about 1,100 rounds, approximately around every two seconds. It was speculated during news reports that Phillips had legally purchased two of the Noinko Type 56s and then illegally converted them to full automatic. However, as Phillips was a convicted felon it was not possible for him to legally purchase firearms. men had fired approximately 1,100 rounds, while approximately 650 rounds were fired by police. Following their training, the responding patrol officers directed their fire at the center of mass, or torsos of Matasarianu and Phillips. However, Aramid body armor worn by Phillips and Matasarianu covered all of their vitals, except their heads, enabling them to absorb pistol bullets and shotgun pellets while Matasarianu's chest armor, thanks to a steel armor plate, successfully withstood a hit from a SWAT officer's AR-15. The service pistols carried by the first responding officers were of insufficient power and used the wrong type of ammunition for penetrating even pistol-rated soft-body armor. Furthermore the police were pinned down by fully automatic suppressive fire, making it difficult for them to execute the type of well-aimed return fire that would be required to attempt headshots. 
Phillips was shot 11 times, including his self-inflicted gunshot wound to the chin while Matasari Anu was shot 29 times. Injuries 12 police officers and 8 civilians were injured in the shootout. Larry Phillips Jr. committed suicide via a gunshot to the head. Emil Matasarianu was shot several times in the legs and died from the resulting blood loss. The shootout contributed to motivating the arming of rank and file police officers in Los Angeles and nationwide with semi-automatic rifles. The ineffectiveness of the standard small-caliber police pistols and shotguns in penetrating the robber's body armor led to a trend in the United States toward arming selected police patrol officers, not just SWAT teams, with heavier firepower such as semi-automatic AR-15 style rifles. SWAT teams, whose close quarters battle weaponry usually consisted of submachine guns that fired pistol cartridges such as the Heckler and Koch MP5, began supplementing them with AR-15 rifles and carbines. Seven months after the incident, the Department of Defense gave 600 surplus M16 rifles to the LAPD, which were issued to each patrol sergeant. LAPD patrol vehicles now carry R-15s as standard issue, with bullet-resistant Kevlar plating in their doors as well. Also as a result of this incident LAPD authorized its officers to carry .45 ACP caliber semi-automatic pistols as duty sidearms, specifically the Smith & Wesson models 4506 and 4566. Prior to 1997, only LAPD SWAT officers were authorized to carry .45 ACP caliber pistols, specifically the M1900 and 11A 1.45 ACP semi-automatic pistol. On June 12, 1998, LAPD Chief of Police Bernard C. Parks released to the Board of Police Commissioners a memorandum detailing his review of officers' use of force during the February 28, 1997 North Hollywood shootout. The memorandum contains many details about the shootout including badge numbers of officers and detectives, where they positioned themselves in the perimeter around the robbers with distances of fire, and how many rounds they fired from their weapons. Parks commended department personnel for their actions to distract the robbers and obstruct the robbers from attempting to evade police. The memorandum lists the injuries of all officers who received injuries at the hands of the robbers. A lawsuit on behalf of Matasari Anu's children was filed by lawyer Stephen Yagman against members of the LAPD, Detective James Vojdecki and Officer John Futrell, claiming Matasari Anu's civil rights had been violated and that he was allowed to bleed to death. The lawsuit was tried in United States District Court in February and March 2000, and ended in a mistrial with a hung jury. The suit was later dropped when Matasari Anu's family agreed to dismiss the action with a waiver of malicious prosecution. The year following the shootout, 18 officers of the LAPD received the Departmental Medal of Valor for their actions, and met President Bill Clinton. In 2003, a film about the incident was produced, titled 44 Minutes, The North Hollywood Shootout. In 2004, the Los Angeles Police Museum in Highland Park opened an exhibit featuring two life-size mannequins of Phillips and Matasari Anu fitted with the armor and clothing they wore and the weaponry they used. 
Also on display at the museum is the robber's getaway car and officer Martin Whitfield's LAPD squad car. Thank you all so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed today's strange tale. If you did please smash that gorgeous like button, and subscribe so that you will be notified to future shows. Also if you could write a 5 star review that would really help us get the word out, so other people can enjoy the podcast as well. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Strange Tales Pod. Or you can message me at strangetalespod at gmail.com, with feedback or ideas on future shows. If you would like to support the podcast you can do so through Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash strangetalespod. Where we have plans from as little as 3 US dollars a month and you can opt out anytime. Any help is much appreciated. This is me your host Winston R. Douglas signing out for now. Thanks again hope to see you again soon.